mom, can you come pick me up? I'm scared. Right. Dad'll be there on Tuesday. Like, yeah. Okay. Oh, oh Poor Freya. Freya. Poor Freya. Welcome to Style and Substance, a great British bake-off podcast. I'm Ada. And I'm Betsy. We're former college roommates based in Minnesota with a shared love of all things British Isles. Today, we're discussing the fifth episode of season nine of the Great British Baking Show. This episode whisked us off to a magical German bakery land of cookies and cakes. Stay tuned as Betsy and I discuss the first ever German week in the Bake Off tent. Well, I feel um, like Jurgen would argue that this was maybe not the most German German week. And I liked when he was like, he was straight up like you would never make this in Germany. Like this is right. like a three-tiered crumble. And I was like, you get it, Jurgen. You tell him how yes. it is. They were all saying right from the beginning that it was gonna that Jurgen was gonna win it, which he does not seem like a um egotistical guy. No. He seems pretty humble. And that would shake you, I think, if everyone if everyone said like like, well, it's your salute. I uh, applaud him for performing under pressure mm-hmm. as he, uh, the way that he did. I greatly appreciated and loved the running joke of Matt being able to speak German, but it's just a really terrible German accent. <laughs> I like that we got a Noel, another um, Noel Fielding uh, origin story. Origin story, <laughs> yes, that he was raised by wolves in German forests. Outside of Munich. I don't know what noel feeling poorly means but i hope he's back for the next episode we hope he's well Um, yes yep i sending out our love across the pond to noel right for this illness that he sustained probably at least four months ago yeah i hope whatever happened in july you're over it and recovered so should we talk about the signature challenge german biscuits yes they were supposed to make um a dozen each of mm-hmm. two different German biscuits. And they that, were supposed to be German inspired. Um, which I don't know what that means. I had a hard time. Like, I really wish we could have seen the brief because mm-hmm. uh, it's obviously a lot of them went to their library, like rent, like borrowed a book, like 100 German biscuits to bake and opened it up and said, well, these all look delicious. And I'm going to make um almond horns and uh engelsaugen and lizzie rented her copy of 100 german biscuits to bake she she turned to cheeky boys and she was like well this one was made for me i loved how she decorated them i loved that it was a simple statement it, she didn't try and go mm-hmm. crazy with it mm-hmm. but simple but very very effective with their little like ooh mouths she was so frustrated by the bake of her cheeky boys because it sounded like <laughs> she had practiced them the day before Jurgen had said they were overdone so then she took time off and then Paul said well you would have gotten a handshake but they're underdone they did look a little pale I will say they especially did. for German German biscuits you tend to think of 
being very dark colored. Similarly, um, Amanda's Gluevine uh, biscuits with the Gluevine jelly sounded mm-hmm. really good. Um, and Paula said they were very good. But right? I did think for the signature challenge, with the exception of George just choosing a stupid cookie, um, everyone d- did pretty well, except for Freya. But yeah, sometimes I worry about George's decision-making process. I just wonder why he felt so hell-bent on making those, even though he was like, yeah, I need 24 hours for these to actually even have a shot at them coming out the way they're supposed to. It kind of felt like uh, Freya just laid down and died in this (laughs) challenge. Yeah, yes, it did, absolutely. At the point where she, at the end, was like, oh no, the raisins burned. Maybe I'll pick them off, or I won't. I'll just cover them up with icing. Jurgen, they never talked about this, but he had done tea-flavored cookies, and then he put espresso in his almond horns so he had done tea and coffee Coffee and tea just a nice detail it's just that thoughtfulness that i think is why jürgen will be around forever (laughs) let's give christelle a moment too hers were beautiful and Mm -hmm. and looked beautiful and taste beautiful we have yet to have a female star baker at this point i feel like christelle is our our only hope potentially lizzie um Mm -hmm. she almost Mm -hmm. got a handshake this week i think she gets better and better as she goes I would have made I was having a moment this weekend where I was thinking about okay like like the glue vine kind of flavors where it's like a spicy fruity wine um and and also like one of the flavors I associate with wintertime is cranberry you know living mm-hmm. in the upper midwest and um and cranberry orange being a big you know, those are two flavors that are but like they're both tart but in different ways so they elevate each other mm-hmm. and it's like but what could you like do to make a twist on that? I was like, okay, but so you, if you want like another tartness that was different from cranberry that would elevate it, what about like cranberry lime? I often make a cherry cranberry pie at Thanksgiving Ooh, and maybe that, that, good. One, that could have been a fun kind of Linzer cookie filling. I'm now going to be messing with cranberry flavors, I think this uh this winter and a cranberry lime cocktail tastes amazing we we make those at christmas time it's called oh like a, a scarlet scarlet o'hara prince regent and torta <laughs> i thought this was a pretty good challenge because it's asking them to do a couple of different things they have to make a good genoese sponge which is tricky you can't knock the air out of it or you're just gonna end up with rubbery pancakes they had to make um the cream so yeah to make the mirror glaze they had to do the buttercream frosting on top yeah so um, I and think they had the to do the little chocolate crowns yeah i think the frosting on top it was supposed to be left over from so what what's inside is is apparently technically a chocolate buttercream so you make a mm. chocolate custard you mm-hmm. let that cool then you whip icing sugar and your butter together and then you pour the cooled pudding into it and whip that together and that's your filling and that's the Mm, chocolate buttercream i don't know if amanda just did this all while her um custard was still too hot because hers had definitely curdled i think she overcooked it um she said that it's yeah it's split and went grainy so i think she overcooked it and was make it maybe got too hot um because the thing about custard is you have all those egg yolks in there and Mm -hmm. so you have to be careful uh, with how you mix it and the heat and the, and the 
and how you put it all together. So that was a problem. And then her ganache was a problem. And then she over whipped the buttercream so that it, and it looked awful. Um, so then she just had white buttercream on top. I definitely laughed out loud when she said, like, oh, I did it the right way. You all made a mistake. Which again th- is just like the, the good sense of humor she has. <laughs> I thought it was interesting that when they were judging it, they did not mention like everyone's chocolate buttercream filling looked different. I think they all put different levels of cocoa in it too. That's interesting because I would have just assumed that it the recipe would have called for, you know, 70 grams of cocoa powder or whatever. And maybe uh, it does, but you know, they always have to throw some sort of wrench in that works. It didn't seem like anybody like completely utterly failed except for Amanda with her split custard. I couldn't quite figure out was why some of them did end up with domes. Is it just because they didn't spread it um, equally enough when they made their circles that they baked? think so and I kind of wondered if it had to do because some of them weren't quite measuring out the shape of the tin Mm -hmm. and so there was kind of like some things folded up on itself and I was like you really should like have traced a circle and then like cut around the cake that'd be a very easy thing to do before you layer it Mm -hmm. so I I think that was part of that was part of it and one of the things that I the armchair quarterback was sitting back like "Mm, you might regret that should you go into the showstopper yeah, the showstopper. Um, my ancestors will roll on their graves when I say I hate yeasted cakes. Like I've never I, had one. Have you had panettone? And Giuseppe was like, well, the closest thing we have is panettone. I was like, mm. oh, now I know what we're talking about because yes. I have had it. Yeah. Um, and like it well enough. I thought there were some really beautiful cakes that came out and really lovely flavors that came out. Some of them went a way more traditional route and some of them went kind of avant-garde but they all I thought it was a pretty good showstopper mm-hmm. all over the board and not to go down the rabbit hole of when have we seen this before um but I knew they had made a yeasted cake before in Bake Off history um mm-hmm. and it was Paul's um Saverin, I think it was oh, a te- mm-hmm. it was a technical challenge um and it was in the season uh with Candace. I thought George's sounded like it was going to taste good and it looked good. Of course, mm-hmm. it was raw in the middle. It was underbaked. Yeah. And then was um, Chig- Chig's was overdone? Yeah. Chig's was a little dry. Jurgen's was also, they said, a little overdone. Yeah. His beer soaked cake, which looked pretty, didn't sound great to me. Didn't sound like mm-hmm. what I would want to eat. Um, but also was kind of flat didn't wasn't really like um remarkably attractive overall looked nice but not uh, not compared to you know um chig's or even george's mm-hmm. kind of a little underwhelming i will say i just feel like his heart was not totally in that challenge because he was like yeah i'm calling bullshit like this is not a german <laughs> bake uh freya's upside down cake it was a good idea. It was a but it really good idea. It definitely looked like a murder scene. It looked like a murder scene. <laughs> yeah. And we'd already seen that last week with Amanda. Like one murder scene per season, please. I also definitely felt like she didn't think through the decoration enough where, of course, that was going to be what it turned out to be, that it was had kind of this wine drizzling down, but it looked like a mistake instead of looking purposeful. Mm-hmm. And, and it really looked 
kind of informal to steal word from Prue. I have, I have two thoughts, which is one, like, did she not practice it? Wouldn't you have like measured the amount of wine that you mm-hmm. want in each tin? And then, um, yeah, you would have thought you would have made some sort of like wine syrup and that would have been mm-hmm. what was in the bottom. And yeah. then the other thought is like, why didn't she chop up some plums and just roll them in her cake? I, it honestly probably would have been Amanda going home if Amanda had had a worse showstopper, but she had a really successful showstopper. Mm-hmm. Paul said he really loved her cake and that it was when Paul says something like, I've never had anything quite like that before. When he says that, you know, that person's not going home like mm-hmm. and when they've when they've shocked Paul. Yeah. Going into the showstopper, I was sure that I was like, we called it. Amanda's going home. Next week is George. Um but then by the end, it was clear that the, the tides had turned. Giuseppe's Amarena cherry cake. He absolutely deserved Starbaker for making that cake. It looked mm-hmm. delicious. It was mm-hmm. well thought out. It looked like of all the cakes, that would be the one I'd want to eat. Like When they cut into it, you could just tell like the structure was right, that you were going to bite into it. It was going to be light and not cloying. So... I wanted a piece of that cake. Looked just really elegant, um, very like full of lots of cream and um, really delicious. When they did the overhead shot of him like filling up the cavity with cream, I with cream, I was like, like sold. Mm, yep, you've got me. <laughs> they had the shot of his him putting you know his little Claire's headband on. So yes. I think the theory that that is where he holds his power where he derives his power from (laughs) from his little plastic headband yeah i felt bad when freya was just like bawling before they even said her name because she i know she she was going well and it was interesting Uh. because matt said like we have to you know they they're always lovely about you know we have to send someone home and this is someone we really come to love and he said someone who brought their own ideas and passion into the tent and Mm -hmm. i was like it's oh, Freya. God, it's Freya. Yeah. And she was just sobbing. I will say I will miss Freya. Freya seems like she has that energy of like a 19 year old who's like simultaneously very young and naive and also like too old for all of this, which was mm-hmm. very much you and I at 19 when we met. So that is <laughs> like, true. Freya, if you're out there and you want to be a guest on this show, you have two kindred spirits here mm-hmm. who um who enjoy a bit of a faff. You always have a soft spot in your heart for the you know, like the youngest baker in the tent. They've always mm-hmm. got a student, you know, who's the youngest baker in the tent. You've always yeah, got and last pop. last time he won. That's right. This week is pastry week. So um, it'll be interesting to see what challenges they pick. I always like pastry week. Mm-hmm. I predict there's going to be some sort of puff pastry. Rough mm-hmm. puff, full puff, you know. Puff they'll, they'll, puff. I'm, I'm guessing, you know, some sort of pie like, or tart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do they consistently have them make some sort of like meat pie for the showstopper in pastry week that's a good question you'll find you'll find out when we find out um i don't i don't think so but there is you know often a hot water crust part of the challenge so i'm sure there will be some mesh, mesh, something around soggy bottoms oh time. for sure yeah now is the time it was week five we're halfway through and so now it's getting to the point where you can see who's pulling away you can see who's struggling it's anybody's game. The challenges get per- difficult and, and more difficult progressively as they go on. So now is the time where there's more to discuss. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do, I was noticing this even this week, you know, you take out for bakers and there's just, you get to know the bakers better because there's more time mm-hmm. for each of them. Um, you get to know more about what each of them are making for each challenge. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely like we're getting into the good stuff now. I'm looking forward to um, now that we're over the hump into uh, week six pastry week. And that's it for this week's episode of Style and Substance, a great British bake-off podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next week, I'm Betsy. And I'm Ada. And we'll catch you next week to talk about who flaked out in Pastry Week. Pastry Week.